Hi, Tally. Thanks so much for joining us on Britain's Birth Stories podcast. Hi, Anna. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much. Um, would you mind telling us uh, where you're based and who's in your family? Yeah, so I'm based in Camden in London and I um, have two little ones. I have a three and a half year old called Archer and a nine month old called Bodie. And then I also live with my husband, Tim, who um, is a photographer. So yeah, that is our, our household. Amazing, amazing. So let's get straight into it. Um, in terms of your first pregnancy, was that something that you'd thought of or and and planned, or was this something that was just that came about? It sort of it was it was thought about and it was planned. I sort of we got to I suppose how old were we? Twenty seven, twenty eight, and um, it got to the point where I was like, actually, in my job, um, the, my job at that point um I was like either I want to change jobs or I want to have a baby and I was like if I have a baby I'm not gonna and if I change jobs I'm not gonna have a baby for a few years because you know I'd want to give a new job a sort of good going so we sort of yeah ummed and ahed and we're like actually I think now is the right time for us to have a baby um and it happened really quickly which we weren't I think we we're really blessed I'm not you know obviously a lot of people it, it takes a little bit of time but I think that took a took us by surprise because I think everyone you sort of go oh it will take six months you know you've got so in our head we sort of factored that extra bit of time in yeah. but um yeah it happened rather quickly which I think my husband walked around for about three months looking like he'd been hit by a bus um <laughs> but, <laughs> oh my right. I was like oh okay oh my <laughs> this is goodness. happening <laughs> And when you did find out, how how was that for both of you in terms of family support, support around you? Oh, we've got amazing family support. So we um, <clears throat> live really close to my mum and dad and um, his parents were, they sort of live further away, but just really, really supportive. Like I've got a big, all of my family, like my aunts, my grandma and stuff all live really, really close to us. So we're very, very lucky that we have this, um, I guess, a village really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so everyone was really excited. Um, it was the first grandchild for both sides. So yeah. there's that that little buzz as well, um, which, yeah, is not that they're the most important but I think it's when it is the first it is a little bit like oh wow there's like going to be a new person into the family which is very exciting yeah of course and, and in terms of uh, your pregnancy how were you feeling overall throughout um I always feel like I had a um relatively positive pregnancy I was quite sick um for maybe the first four months um like not just morning sickness like I was I'd be out and I'd just be sick you know um and I was sort of pregnant over those those four months sort of straddled Christmas and New Year so I think everyone just thought I was (laughs) drunk and being sick out in the street I was like no I'm pregnant and I'm really struggling and um Yeah. yeah it was just so I suppose the first few months were a little bit um tricky because you're in that funny period aren't you where you're not you haven't really told anybody you don't really feel like you can tell anyone um but you feel dreadful and it's like you know I've been yeah. going around to friends houses and just like sneaking off to be sick in the bathroom and not 
really telling anyone. So that was quite tricky. But after that, the, you know, pregnancy was completely plain sailing, you know, no, there was no worries with anything. Um, It was really chilled. And I really, I really enjoy being pregnant. Like I, even though I've been um, with both pregnancies, I was quite sick in the, you know, first trimester. I just, I really love being pregnant. I just feel like, you just feel a bit like a goddess and I don't know, you just feel fab, but I do. Um, but yeah, so yeah, no, no issues during pregnancy, luckily. Wonderful. Wonderful. And in terms of birth, had you thought about maybe where and how you'd like to birth at that point? I hadn't, not seriously. So me and my mum had always been quite open about like I knew my birth story, I knew my brother's birth story, and there was never any sort of fear surrounding it, and it was never something that I was particularly worried about, because yeah. I think we'd always had honest conversations about what could happen, you know, um, how it can sort of unfold, um, but I hadn't really, I suppose in my head, I was definitely going to have the baby in hospital, because I sort of hadn't really thought about home birth or even really knew much about it and um we decided to take hypnobirthing classes um and the sort of discussion of home birth came out and I sort of um denied about it a little bit but we sort of came to the conclusion that actually I would feel more comfortable in the birth center so um I sort of decided yeah, that's what we decided and that's what we um fortunately got and um we had a um, water birth at the birth center with my first so that was yeah it was sort of not really thought about before but during the pregnancy yeah it often hit my birthing classes I just sort of weighed up my options and just felt that that was the best thing for us amazing amazing and and in terms of your labor how did that begin and progress for you <laughs> so it was quite um I think it was quite it was a really easy labour, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. So the night before, so she was born on the 19th of June and on the 18th, we had been out with my husband and I had been out and he had been skateboarding and he had really hurt himself. He thought he'd broken his ankle and he was sort of being a man about it and not going to hospital. And um, he sort of went to bed really early on the 18th in complete agony and I sort of I couldn't get to sleep I was like I don't know I felt like I was really annoyed at him you know we're I think we were two weeks away from my due date and I was like oh if he's got a broken ankle and we're going to be dealing with a newborn baby I was sort of I was fuming yeah and I sort of (laughs) lay there like I couldn't get to sleep it was really hot we were going through a massive heat wave so I was like this whale sweating (laughs) and um I just couldn't I kept on going I really need to go to the toilet and I was sitting on the toilet couldn't go to the toilet and just feeling really like antsy and that I couldn't sort of sit still and then I finally fell asleep on the sofa and Tim woke up and he's like I really think I need to go to hospital oh my god <laughs> are you kidding me and so we lived um, at that point nearer we were we were going to a hospital to have the baby at near my mum's because yeah. um, it was like a hospital that I was um familiar with but there was another hospital slightly closer to us um that he we could walk to so he sort of hobbled to A&E and I was like walking and I was like oh this doesn't this doesn't really feel too good Mm. I was like stopping and I was like 
oh, this, I wonder if, could this be it? I'm not really sure. I was like, no, it's too, you know, it's a week, it was, I think, a week away from my due date, actually. Mm-hmm. I called my mother-in-law, who's a midwife, and um, she was like, no, you'll, you'll know, you know, you'll know. And most, most um, first-time births go overdue anyway. She's like, you're probably just having Braxton Hicks. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, oh, no, mm. I like... I need to get I need to get to my mum's house so he had his scan and um they couldn't see him till way later in the afternoon and um I was like I really just need to go to my mum's I need to be at my mum's that's where I need to be so got there and I was sort of at that point the surges were coming quite thick and fast so that must have been about midday one o'clock um and I was jumping in and out of the shower just feeling really like water was like a dream it was really really helping me mm-hmm. um jumping in and out of the bath in and out of the shower and like I said it was so hot so like I couldn't have any clothes on I just didn't want any clothes on and it got to about maybe two thirty, three o'clock and I was like I just need my mum so she was going to be my other birth partner yeah so Tim called her at her work and she came along and um she's like oh maybe we just go to the hospital so we got to the hospital and um and my surges sort of what like sort of slowed down mm-hmm. and um I asked for a vaginal examination and I think I was uh maybe three or four centimeters right, and I was, right. they, they sort of gave me this choice they said we can admit you onto labor ward or because you live we live really my mum lived really close to the hospital she said, or you could just go home and I was like Do you know what I just I don't want to be on labor ward let's go home and they're like come back about eight in the evening and I was like okay cool I got home again, doing all the same sort of stuff. Didn't like, I was getting really angry at my mum and Tim for talking. I was like telling them to shut up and Mm -hmm. I I just needed to focus. And obviously we were doing hypnobirthing. So I was really focused on um, like relaxations and just getting in the zone. And I can't remember, it must have been maybe an hour later from getting home. Um, so maybe about four, four-ish. And I was like, I really need to get to the hospital. I was like, there was this like, sudden feeling. I was like, we need we need to go now. And both of them, I think, were a bit like, but they said come back at eight. And I was like, no, no, we need to go. And yeah. we got to triage. And they were like, oh, we said not to come back to eight. And they sort of were seeing a lot of other people. And I was there. And I was sort of <laughs> slightly mooing and swaying. And I was yeah. like, you need, to, you need to see me now. And... Um, they then did another vaginal examination and they're like, oh, you're eight centimetres. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah I'm ready to go. And, yeah. um, so by this point, it must have been about five-ish. So everything's happening relatively, not like super speedy, but relatively fast. Like, yeah. you know, everyone gears you up to these really long first um, births. And they couldn't get the <laughs> the heat of the water the pool to the right temperature because it was so hot they couldn't get it cool enough and I was like sitting there bouncing on like a birthing ball being like I need to get in the pool I need to get in the pool I need to get in the pool and I finally got into the pool at seven o'clock they finally sorted it and she was born at 7 36 oh wow um yeah yeah so it was it was that later bit was relatively fast yeah um and I think it took them by surprise as well, because at that point there was only one midwife in the room and they had to do that, you know, press the emergency bell, we need somebody else to come in. 
but yeah, super, super quick. She was amazing. Like I just, I sort of had that feeling that we worked really as a team and wonderful. I think she just must've been in the optimal position to just be birthed really with ease. Like I, I don't think I really felt overwhelmed at any point. Um, I had gas and air for a little bit, but it was really interrupting with my um, breathing that I was doing. Yeah. And so it was in it was sort of slowing me down at one point so the midwife just suggested not to use it because it was I was being more efficient with just normal breathing well with my like down breathing um so I stopped using that after a while I think I had a few goes on it and it actually made me feel quite sick so Mm -hmm, it wasn't mm -hmm. that great um but yeah she was just she was a dream to be honest and yeah it was great I really enjoyed it and I sort of caught her and just I just felt like a bit um I said my initial feelings was I just felt really sorry for like my husband that he would never go through that because I just felt so empowered and so like I could do and I literally felt like I could do anything now like I could you know rule the world and I just felt fantastic um which I don't think you often hear about with birth um and I wasn't really anticipating to feel that good um even though we'd done hypnobirthing and you know obviously that focuses all on positive birth stories but yeah I just felt I felt really good really good amazing amazing and in terms of the first few hours with her how was that like had you thought about feeding so yeah I wanted to initiate breastfeeding if possible and she did she latched on straight away and we had like delayed cord camping I think they I can't remember it must might she might have they might have left it for about five to ten minutes so it's the cord had stopped pulsating and then I wanted the physiology physiological management of the placenta so that took I didn't really know what to expect with that and that took me a little bit by surprise so I didn't really realize that I would have to push still um and that I would still be feeling surges so when that happened it sort of panicked me and I sort of looked to the midwives to be like what like should I push like because my body's telling me that I need to push yeah and there was no real support with that it almost felt like well you've chosen to do it this way so you should know what you need to do Mm. um and so the placenta was born probably an hour after, maybe 45 minutes to an hour after she was born. Right. Um, and that was fine. It was all, yeah, it, nothing was retained. And I think I had a second degree tear as well, mm-hmm. um, which they stitched and there was no issues. That was that was fine. Um, yeah. uh, but I, we were very much left alone, to be honest, after they'd done the stitches. Mm-hmm. Um, we were really lucky. They didn't need the birthing room, so we were left there till maybe about eleven o'clock at night till we moved onto the labour ward. So that was really wow. lovely. Wow. Um, yeah, and my dad had sort of my dad had been in the waiting room um, as soon as he found out that we were in labour and we were in the hospital. He'd been sat in the waiting room of the hospital, and he sort of sneaked in, which I think they were a bit. Um, back this was you know pre-covid where sneaking in could happen so that was really lovely like she had met my mum obviously because she'd been there 
and yeah my mum was like amazing she just knew what to do yeah sort of I think she was real help to my husband who sort of looked a little bit like a rabbit in headlights I think he just didn't really yeah of course no like it's almost like what is she handling it okay do I just let her get on with it whereas my mum was like here's food eat this here's water drink this like not giving me any options just shoving things in my face like here have a flannel oh you don't want a flannel I've offered it to you like that's like it's her sort of way was give it to her and if she doesn't want it then she can reject it whereas if you don't offer it to her she's not going to ask ask for it so she was very very good um amazing in fact um so that was lovely yeah and then we moved on to the labor ward and yeah quite late at night and sort of didn't really know what to do I was like are we allowed to pick her up do we get her dressed can we change her nappy like and you feel really like this is my baby but because you're in the hospital it kind of feels like they have ownership of the baby a little bit (laughs) right and I thought of was like are we allowed like what do we are we allowed and so that bit was a little bit weird um but because everything had gone so well and we were both fine. We got discharged really early the next day, maybe 11 o'clock in the morning. Right. So really we weren't there for very long at all, which mm-hmm. I was quite happy with, happy about because, I mean, there was no need for us to be there, you know. We, yeah. we, were, we were fine, you know, which was lovely to just get home. Mm-hmm. I actually went back to my mum's. We, we stayed with her for a, a week or two after the baby was born, which was so nice. Amazing, amazing. And, and in terms of... Yeah, feeding. Did that continue as planned, or was there anything? Yeah, so we had an amazing. uh, I mean, yeah. So my mother-in-law's a midwife, and she was fantastic. Just being at the end of the phone, and if we had any questions, but she was a dream. In in terms of that kind of stuff, she was a bit of a dream baby. She just she just got on with it. She knew how to feed. and I actually ended up feeding, breastfeeding till she was about 18 months. Wow. Um, so we had a really good long, um, well, like for me, for, I felt like it was a long, obviously people do longer. Um, but yeah, and it's it sort of just ha- ended quite naturally. She sort of self-weaned and it got to like um, the last feed, which was before bedtime. And she wasn't really feeding. It was just more cuddling and comfort. And yeah. so we just swapped um swapped and just had cuddles before bed and she was fine with it and and that was kind of the end and yeah no fuss she was clearly ready to to finish which was I think actually more sad for me I was like wasn't really expecting to feel so um a bit gutted that she was done because yeah. I think you feel like there's a real bonding with breastfeeding that you can't really explain and yeah I was a bit sad that it was over I think maybe for a week and then I was like freedom <laughs> 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 Bra- like, I can buy all these amazing bras <laughs> oh wonderful <laughs> wonderful and, and in terms of postnatally for you how was that for you and your yeah, physical and mental healing? How was that? So physically, I was I healed pretty quickly. Um, I think within I by my ten day check, my stitches had healed and everything like that. Um, <clears throat> I suffered from postnatal anxiety, which didn't actually get diagnosed until Archer was about ten or eleven months old, mm. and I sort of had just been 
I guess a little bit on autopilot. I, like, I didn't feel depressed and I wasn't, it wasn't like I was sad. So, I, so in my head I was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm fine. But I sort of had real issues with leaving her with people. I had sort of panics that she'd been swapped at birth and really irrational, like anxious thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where my mum was like, actually, I think we should just go and see a doctor and have a chat about this. And I ended up having CBT and also talking therapy, which was amazing. And I kind of really wish that I'd sought it sooner. But I think when you're in that sort of haze, you don't, and you don't think anything's wrong, then you, I guess you can't really seek help, can you? And yeah, so that was a bit unexpected, but um, yeah, it was, the CBT was great. And the talking, it was really the talking therapies that sort of got me to um, the bottom of why I was feeling how I was feeling mm-hmm. um, and that was really helpful and yeah I think by the time she was probably 14-15 months I was feeling like myself again um, yeah and it, yeah that was a sort of I don't I think a lot of people with postnatal depression can look back at that period with real sort of sadness and I don't have that like I still mm-hmm. had an amazing time and I still can think you know I I never felt like she didn't love me or any of that sort of classic stuff but um it was definitely a real like I think I just constantly had like a ball in my stomach you know and like constant worry of you know what if something goes wrong what if something like sort of things like if I go out with the buggy and someone swipes the buggy like really silly really really silly things that would never happen but they were constantly playing on my mind Mm -hmm. it's like yeah Mm -hmm. someone's gonna steal her someone's gonna steal her and it was yeah really it was really good that my mum took the lead and was sort of enough is enough we're gonna go get help and that was really great that's great to hear that you 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 got that support and also took initiative as well that's amazing and in terms of your partner, how was your partner um, navigating this this new chapter? He was, I think you just don't realise, do you, the sort of shift in your relationship. And I think that was quite a shock for us. You know, we'd been really close. We'd, we met when we were 19 at university and had kind of been inseparable since then. Mm-hmm. And it was like a real, I think, shift for both of us. It's like, oh, hang on a second, you're not my most important person anymore. And that took a lot of um, getting our heads around things like that. And um, I suppose because he could go out to work and I was at home with the baby, it's like you sort of feel like there was that sort of resentment in the sense from me where I'm like well you're living your normal life and there was resentment from him was like well you get to spend all the time with the baby how lucky are you so it's like and I think until you talk and actually I think at that point you don't really have time to talk because you're keeping a small human alive yeah yeah definitely yeah so I think yeah once we started talking about things and we sort of ironed out everything that was bothered bothering us probably around the six month mark we were much better but um so after I had Archer I decided to train as a hypnobirthing practitioner and now like one of my focuses in my final sessions is like fourth trimester and really you know ironing out your relationship questions before that baby comes because you just don't have time to do it when the baby's there 
And if you can stop the sort of pointless bickering before it happens, I just really think that sort of sets you up for a smoother sailing with, with once you've, you've got a newborn. Of course, of course. And it's totally valid to prioritise that. And I feel like yeah. it's not prioritised enough. No, no. And even things like um, like finances, like obviously most most people that stay at home will be the gestational parent, the mum usually. And it's like things like if they're not getting a maternity package and they're on statutory maternity, it's even things like how are you going to balance the mum asking for money like and things like that and we just don't talk about it it's just sort of you're expected to go and have a baby and go on your way and just deal with it as it happens and it's like with anything if you pre-plan it it's going to make it for a much better period when the baby's there you know you sort of get to the point don't you you plan for the birth you do your birth plan and then anything after that most people wing it and I just think actually that fourth trimester is so important for both your relationship and sort of bonding as a family yeah definitely I totally agree with what you're saying in terms of prioritizing the postnatal period overall Mm. for couples so it's great that you've highlighted that Mm. and and eventually you went on to have uh, another child was this (laughs) was this something that um you'd thought about as well or was it unexpected yeah we always knew we wanted to have two and um it was like I think we were like maybe we'll wait till she's five and then she got to two and she was so much fun and we're like actually she really it feels like she needs somebody like she needs a friend yeah and we sort of thought okay if we have a sort of three-year gap that's quite nice um so yeah again we sort of decided we were going to have another one and it happened really quickly again and so that was really amazing really lucky and so at this point I'm um sort of part-time teaching as a hypnobirthing teacher Mm -hmm. so I sort of felt more educated about what how I wanted my birth to be I definitely knew I didn't want to have him in the hospital um I wanted to have him at home and wanted again wanted to have him in water um and that was all all went really really well again another really great pregnancy still a bit sick in the first well quite sick in the first trimester yeah um but pretty much plain sailing um yeah it was yeah, an easy another easy pregnancy, which was a real blessing, and yeah, and we decided to have him at home, which was great. Um, amazing. One of the, yeah, amazing. Just it's just so nice to be at home. Um, he was a bit trickier in terms of like, um, so my waters broke about two a.m. And with Archer, my waters hadn't, well, they obviously did break, um, but probably in the water when I was giving birth. So yeah. I had no, um, I sort of thought, oh, my God, I've I've, I've wet myself. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, God, yeah. this is embarrassing. Woke my husband up. I was like, I think I've wet myself. He's like, um, are you sure? Like, And what was really interesting, it was literally, so my daughter was born at 39 weeks, and this was 39 weeks again. And he's like, are you sure? Um your waters haven't just broken. I was like, oh, I did feel a pop in my tummy. He's like, okay, let's call the midwife. 
Right. And um, so we just told them. And I wasn't getting any surges. I wasn't, you know, really feeding anything. So I just went back to bed. Yeah. And I think the midwives came to the house about... 11 o'clock 10 or 11 in the morning Mm -hmm. and the surges were really like quite easy I could talk through them nothing really much was happening and I think in my head I had that you know 24 they kept on saying you know it's 24 hours before we have to think about another option um so your water's broke at 2am so you've you know we're on countdown and I think that was really unhelpful and really really playing on my mind um so I kind of just went and sat in the toilet and was like, I don't want to be near anybody. Because, um, so what had also happened was there was two midwives had come and with a student midwife. Right. And my flat isn't that big. Um, and my mum was there again. So it, was, it felt like there was all these people in this house. And I was just like, just, I was like, can't we tell them to go away? Because the surges aren't happening yet. And Tim was like, but your last birth was quite quick. And they're probably anticipating that again I was like okay fine I'm just gonna go lock myself in the bathroom (laughs) I think I was there for a couple of hours just again jumping in and out of the shower and then about I think it must be like a late lunch time I was like I'm just gonna go for a walk around the block and that's when they really started to um get quite a lot more intense and actually way way more intense than they were with my daughter which I think is quite normal with the second birth and I just felt like, actually, I don't know if I can handle this on gas and air. So I was a little bit nervous that right. potentially I was going to transfer to hospital. Yeah. And I'd asked them to do a vaginal examination. And this must have been about um, maybe three in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And they really didn't want to do it because obviously my waters had broken and there was a risk of infection. I was like, please, I really need to know how... Like, for me, it was a way to rationalise how how the the surgeons were feeling. And I wasn't dilated at all. Right. <laughs> and you could see the midwife was like, I really don't want to tell her this. Um, and I was like, no, just tell me. I just need to know. And they're like, okay, but it can, like, that you can go from nothing to 10 centimetres really fast with your second. I was like, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. And then I think maybe about four-ish I was like I need to get in the pool again I had that real real urge I just need to get in the pool and I think the pool was ready again about half past four five o'clock and I just needed to push I was like I hadn't really felt that with my daughter she sort of just it was like there was no intentional pushing with her so that was a real shock like my it felt like my body was telling me you need to get him out you need to get him out Mm -hmm. and I was pushing and I felt like he was sort of butting up against something and sort of going backwards and I was right. like oh I just don't know if I should be pushing and the midwives were amazing they were like just listen to your body your body knows what to do and then all of a sudden his head was born and I was like oh okay oh wow um and I was like okay and I sort of caught my breath and then he was just he was just there he was just born and it, I, d- I don't really have any recollection of what really happened Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and yeah so I think he was born about I think it was like five o'clock he was born yeah like six minutes past five and it was that real um yeah he was just so he looked massive 
and he didn't cry he was just like looking into the world and then my daughter who'd been in playing in her room came and met him and it was just so lovely um it was really 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 lovely yeah. um but he looked so massive and when they weighed him he basically was the same weight as my daughter which was like um like av- whatever average weight of a baby is like what is it three and a three I don't know three and a half <laughs> kilos around yeah, that yeah. sort of point and we're like oh I think our scales are broken let's weigh him a few more times and he was just this perfectly average baby but he looked massive oh my um, it was really weird and yeah they just tucked me up into bed um again I had a second degree tear um and they gave me the option of having it sutured or just to leave it healing naturally and I decided to heal it naturally mm-hmm. um and yeah, they sort of left us. They yeah, cl- they cleaned up, they um, tidied up everything, um, tucked me up in bed. Um, we kept the placenta this time for to have placenta encapsulation. Wonderful. And so we sort of let the lady know who was doing that that the baby had been born and everything was fine. And yeah, we. Um, I think my mother. So my mother-in-law was there looking after my daughter, and she sort of got her tea on, put her to bed, and we ordered a takeaway and had it in bed with the baby, and it was amazing. <laughs> oh, that sounds perfect. Yeah. And in in terms of your feeding, were you going down the same road? Or yeah, so it was a bit different with Bodie. So he just didn't want to latch on. Mm-hmm. So my Again, my mother-in-law was there really trying to help. Right. Um, she was amazing. Um, but he just wouldn't open his mouth. So, you know, they're like, you know, you want them to have that sort of U-shape and mm-hmm. you, you, you get when they open their mouth, just really sort of shove the boob on in a yeah, way. Yeah. And he just wasn't interested. And, you know, we um, sort of went, you know, he's just been born. Let's see how he is through night. And he just didn't want to feed during the night. Mm-hmm. Um, which I was a little bit concerned about, but again, not that not that worried because sometimes they're just tired, aren't they? They've yeah, been born, yeah. um, and so it was a bit trickier. And he kind of finally got it, and he started to be really sick, like really, really, really sick. Um, and at this point, we'd gone into lockdown, so no one was coming out. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was calling up the midwives and I was calling up the breastfeeding helpline going, you know, maybe I've got fast letdown because he lit- it was literally projectile vomiting. Um, like you'd lie him down at night time mm-hmm. and you would see it go over the crib. Like it was really intense. And I, my daughter had never been sick. So I was like, maybe this is what people say when they have a sicky baby. Mm-hmm. And everyone was telling mm-hmm. me it was normal and it was fine. And like, I was like, this isn't, this is not normal. Having to change his bed sheets like 10 times in the night is not normal. Yeah. And we got to the 10 day mark and we went to see the midwife and he hadn't got back to his birth weight. Mm-hmm. And I sort of explained, I sort of said, he's quite sick. And she's like, yeah, baby's going to be sick. She's like, let's give it a few more days and see how it goes. And um, so we got, I think we had five more days of trying and he was still being so sick. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just, you know, I think some people were saying I was overfeeding him, but I was like, no, he's so hungry after he's been sick that he like, obviously needs, like, it just felt like he was on the boob. If he wasn't on the boob, he was projectile vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> and so we got to that 
um, appointment after the 10-day check and saw the same midwife who was incredible. And I sort of said, look, this is what's happening. And she was like, okay, he's still not at his birth weight just go to a &E. and you know we're in lockdown I'm thinking oh my god this is just really not what I want to do yeah, and yeah. we got there and they sort of observed him and he had they um they had to do a scan on his tummy and he ended up having this thing called pyloric stenosis right. which is basically when the muscle between the stomach and intestines is so thick that no milk can get through and the stomach basically ejects it because it doesn't want it sitting there. So that's why he was being sick with such force. Right. So we had to be transferred to Great Ormond Street and he had an emergency operation, which was like quite a standard operation. I think it's one of the most common operations they do. But it was mm. just a bit like, oh, my God, he's two weeks old and we're having this. And of it was course. a bit of a sort of shell shock. And I think everyone was in shell shock at that point anyway because we'd gone into lockdown and no one knew what was happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it just was quite scary because my husband obviously couldn't come and I was sort of separated from my daughter for the first time for a really long period without even any warning it was sort of just like you have to go to hospital now so that was quite scary yeah. um but after that he like he's still feeding now he's um yeah he's very much um he feeds for food whereas my daughter was real a real comfort feeder yeah. so that's quite interesting that it was quite different mm -hmm. but I mean again I think I'll just take his lead and when he's ready to stop we'll we'll stop um and just see how long it, it is I have a feeling it won't be as long as her like I kind of get the uh, he's a monster with food so <laughs> I reckon he's just going to be like no just give me more give me more real food right right <laughs> and, and apart from the complete whirlwind that was going on at this point how how was that transition from one to two for you and your partner do you know what I found it a lot easier than the transition from zero to one and right. we'd kind of planned before all of the COVID stuff happened we kind of knew that we wanted to have the baby at home and we wanted to kind of hunker down just us four we didn't particularly want it like with my first like people were seeing us when she was like hours old and mm -hmm. I just felt like it was a conveyor belt of visitors and I was like actually I don't want that like yeah. I don't want that this time I just want us to bond as a family and I think because I felt quite sensitive about maybe getting postnatal depression or anxiety again I was like actually I just need to do what's best for us um but that decision was kind of taken out of my hands because oh, <laughs> yeah. obviously he was born and there was sort of the whisperings of everything going on so I think he had he only met um I yeah he I think he met like one of our friends and maybe like my aunt and my granddad mm -hmm. and that was it and then we went into lockdown and actually it was quite nice in that sense because there was no expectations we could just focus on feeding obviously he was at that point we didn't know that he was poorly yeah. and I think if I'd had to if I'd felt the pressure to leave the house with him being sick like projectile sick I would have been really flustered because I wouldn't have been able to feed him out and about um, yeah. because it was such forceful sick after every feed so it was quite nice just to you know really focus on us um yeah so in a way it was a bit of a blessing 
that's great to hear that although it it has been extremely difficult yeah that there are some some areas of it that have been helpful to some people yeah i think i would have been very different if he had been born during lockdown and you know all of that I wouldn't have been able to have him at home and yeah. obviously Tim wouldn't have been able to be in the hospital for as long. So I think the fact that he came a little bit early um, was amazing and we're, we're quite lucky to be able to look on it in a positive way because I think there's, I think it's been quite traumatic for a lot of people and quite unfair and unjust and, Definitely. you know, it's it's just been handled quite well we could get into politics and talk for hours but um yeah obviously it's it's been really tricky for a lot of people Um, and all all i can say is now that there has been some change in what's going on yeah that's so good and it's so positive i've got a lot of clients that i'm working with that it's like oh thank goodness and i was i felt like so happy to be able to send them the new um the sort of changes and everyone's yeah, yeah i think really now looking I think because like working with pregnant people you sort of during this period it's almost felt like there's they've been on edge because it's like well am I going to be able to have someone with me am I going to be completely on my own so it almost feels like that even just that little change of yes you can have your birth partners for for everything let's just implement it quickly you can just feel that this weight has been lifted off people's shoulders which they shouldn't have to worry about that stuff before they have their baby you know no exactly exactly Mm. it's unfortunate but i think we're taking steps in the right direction and yeah that's it's been a long time coming but at least we're there yeah, no, it's good. Really good. Definitely. Honestly, thank you so much for coming on oh, here no. and sharing. It's been really, I actually really like talking about giving birth. and one of those really sad people. I was like, let me tell you my really good story. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it is refreshing to hear this type of story. So I'm sure people love to hear it, to just <laughs> be immersed in positivity and, and good experiences. Thank you so much.